This episode is brought to you by C, J, and Myrna. Thanks for being a patron. Enjoy the episode. You know what? You know what I like? What do you like? Uh, well, I guess I can guess. Um, <laughs> you like stupid men. Yeah. You like, um, you like most foods. Yeah. You like fart jokes. Uh, am I am I close to what you were you were gonna say? Um, pretty pretty on the the pretty on the uh, similar similar area of expertise. Um, what I like is um naming days of the week. Oh, now you know sorry, what I mean. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Do you do you mean that you like? Just saying the names of the days of the week. No, or no, no. You mean you make up your own? Oh, kind of make up your own, but the beginning. So I like, I don't like calling Wednesday like Blorb's Day. Like, no, that's stupid. I like, <laughs> okay. I like fingers in his ass Sunday. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, so what I've been doing lately is um, nearly every morning um, I tell Joe um, it's Penis Friday, or I'll say it's <laughs> Power Penis Thursday. I will never, <laughs> ever actually say the the true day of the week that it actually is. Uh-huh. Um, and he's just been dying. Hang on. Let me hang on. I need to move this bag of pumpkin seeds because Kitty wants to lick the bag. <laughs> Anyways, as I was saying, Kitty, I'm recording something. No, Kitty, you cannot have the pumpkin seeds. We're recording. Um, Joe has been dying to, like, figure out what each day means. Because, like, I remember, Kitty, you can't eat it right now. <laughs> she has gravitated to the pu- she, she is, uh, 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 she is, she is, uh, 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 fascinated by the beauty of the pumpkin seeds. She's now moved down to, and this is on me, there's a suitcase in the middle of the floor. Um, ah. from God knows when, and there's a tag on it, and she is licking it. So if you hear any licking noises throughout this episode, that's some that's some ASMR for you, I guess. That's some that's some ASMR. Uh, uh, this is you know this is an ASMR podcast. Now, uh, here I will get up real close to the mic and do some ASMR. Hey, how how's it go- how's it going? Is hey. I'm close to the mic. Is this ASMR? No. I know I know that there's like specific AS like settings that you need to have for your mic to do ASMR and also that like y- you also need to be like whispering. I don't like ASMR at all. Wow. But one time, mostly on accident, I clicked on uh on Twitch. I clicked on one of those like ASMR streams <laughs> and it was this lady just like the whole point of the stream is that it's horny. She oh, was God. literally just like lubing up her hands and rubbing them against the mics. Uh. And I was and like licking them and I was like uh. I need to I need to go. And then <laughs> 
And then as as for the next like week, Twitch would not stop recommending me oh, horny no. ASMR streams. And oh, I'm like, no. stop this. It was it was an accident. I'm oh. ace. As an avid ASMR fan, it is sad to me that there's kind of no line um of people understanding the difference between just normal fall asleep ASMR and actual mm-hmm. like horny as fuck ASMR. There's a difference. Yeah. Um there there's a big difference. I do not recognize it though, because it's all <laughs> bad to me. It all enters my brain and makes it feel bad. I I was showing um I was showing a few of my coworkers the um vine La Cocaina. Um and oh, yeah. when I opened it up, um, the ASMR I was listening to from last night, like, immediately started playing. It was just like, I love you. And I'm like, ignore that. <laughs> Please ignore that. It's just to help me sleep. <laughs> listening to liking to listen to uh stupid shit welcome to our podcast welcome to our podcast it's called enchanting aspects it it's called enchanting aspects where we enchant your aspects and appreciate the little things in art wow my name is jupiter my name is amy and let me tell you amy i have been poisoned okay I have been poisoned because one day recently, uh, right before I was meant to stream, I was just, I ended up like staying up way too late the night before and I was super, super tired. I was like, I don't know that I can do this stream. I don't know that I can do it. And then, uh, uh, my partner, I was, te- I was, I was texting that to my partner and they were like, why don't you drink some monster energy? Oh, no. And I was like, oh, um, sure, I'll try it, I guess. And uh, so I went down and I, uh, to, the, to the convenience store and I grabbed a, mo- a, wa- a watermelon monster energy. And uh, I uh, have become hooked. Oh, no, that's terrible. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I... Yeah, I I am drinking one presently. No, and it's red. And it's red. It's red and black. It's even my colors. Yeah. I look, look. Also, I have brought this up on stream now twice, and every single time somebody in chat is just like, "What flavor? What flavor?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, it's, it's watermelon." Apparently, people are really invested on knowing what flavor, and that's you know what fair because. From my experience, the reason why I haven't gotten into energy drinks before is because, in my experience, they all taste like shit. Yeah. They just all taste real bad. Uh, uh, if I have to clarify that I'm not sponsored, I will, because I am not sponsored, but I will say that, at the very least, the watermelon one tastes pretty good. Hmm. It is the only energy drink I've had that doesn't taste like shit. I can't risk um, it. I can't even like listen to you and try it because I can't. 
I'm, no, I'm, I take so many naps. I can't do it. No, that's fair. And I, and I'm saying this right now. This is how you know I'm not sponsored because I would not recommend doing what I'm doing. <laughs> do not follow in my, in my example. Do not follow my footsteps. I just look. It's, I've been poisoned, A, because I am drinking from the Forbidden Gamer's Juice, and B, because I already stay up so late all the time, and I'm working all the time, and this is by choice. This is, this is like, I like staying busy. I like doing shit. However, this is, this is not good for me. No. You have been and, poisoned. And yet... I've been poisoned. I'm so sorry. So Jupiter's officially um, become a um, monster, I guess. I was already a monster, but this is a, a in a different sense. Yeah. Um. So what's your fucking thing? Not that it matters. <laughs> not that it matters? Yeah. Do you not care? Do you not care anymore, Amy? No, you've got the devil's drink. <laughs> bottoms up and the devil laughs oh god so my thing this week i here's the thing i had a couple of different options of things that i could do this this episode i had uh, uh you know some that I, I gravitated towards amy will tell you that uh, I didn't pick my thing until five minutes before we started recording. Mm -hmm. uh, I was busy. I was busy. Yeah. However, however, I very, very recently talked about a thing from this franchise. Oh, no. And I am digging into the well again because... It just feels right. It just feels right today. Okay. You said, oh no, and I'm curious what you think is going to happen. Is it Resident Evil? No, I haven't even talked about Resident Evil lately. Okay. Um, can I say something? Yeah, please. I've been playing Resident Evil 8. What? Yeah. How do you like it? How do you like it? Um, I, I really enjoy it. It's really fun. I'm going to do a super, super tiny enchanting aspects thing because there's no way I would spend an entire segment on it. But uh -huh. fucking shout out to Donna's house. It is so fucking cottagecore and cute as fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I really like, I really love all of the like, uh, uh, environmental design in that yeah, game. so goddamn just, good. It looks so good. I want to replay that game. I really, I really want to re replay that game because, uh, it's it's just so it. Look, some people felt that Resident Evil Eight was like too much of a like too too much of a cartoony game, you know. Like, it's, it's so over-exaggerated, it, like, and, like, all of the different areas feel way too different from each other. Who cares? That's a, that's a, that's a, I'm not gonna say that's not a fair criticism, but what I will say is that I love it regardless. I love it for what it is. I think yeah. Resident Evil 8 is fucking fantastic. Yeah, it's really fun. 
uh, also did a very effective job of spooking the shit out of me in several places. Yeah. Especially in Donna's house. Which is unquestionably yeah. the scariest part of that oh, game. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely the scariest part. Um, also, because of the thing you talked about with um, Ethan's hand, the entire yeah. time I was in um, uh, Dimitrescu's house, I was like, is this it? Is it, is it coming off now? Is this it? Is it? Is it? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And when it happened, how did you feel? I laughed so fucking hard because he just puts it back on. He just puts, he just it, back puts on. it back on. He just puts it back on. How did he? Even, how did he even think to do that? I know. What if he didn't get the orientation right? What if he got right. it backwards? Seriously, like, like, wh- Ethan, why did you think to do that? And why, why did it work? Why did the coat jacket part not even come on? Like, the medicine <laughs> put that back together, too? That's not how clothes work. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. And it, and I will say, it, uh, I don't think that I spoiled the ending. No. But uh, uh, it does, like, pay off, in my opinion, but like the the everything in the game, it pays off really well, in my opinion. I haven't gotten to it yet. But there are so many moments like that where it's just so fucking funny of just like yes. Ethan. E- Ethan as a character. I'm sorry, I'm getting so far away from no, it's from fine. my thing. But Ethan as a character is so fucking funny to me because I know. Because in, in Resident Evil Seven, he's just like a guy. He's just like. He's just like this fucking like he he I don't know if he actually is but he just looks like an IT consultant. <laughs> He's just some guy and like you don't even get to see his face in the game for mm-hmm. some reason. They're like no, you can't see Ethan's face, but you can like look it up and see what he looks like. Yeah. Um but he just looks like a total dweebus. And then like he basically in Resident Evil 7 has like no characteristics except I want to find my wife. Yeah. And so it's just, it, like for Resident Evil 8, I was just like, oh, they're telling another Ethan story. Oh, boring. Uh, I don't want to know more about this guy, Ethan. And then somehow, somehow, Ethan kind of becomes my favorite character in the series in Resident Evil really? 8. Really? Interesting. Not, n- not, not really. Like Claire, Claire and Jill are still number one. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, together, they're both number one in my heart. Uh, but let's let's say favorite man in the okay. series. Actually, actually, no, well, Barry's pretty good. <laughs> well, I I love Leon, but Leon I have concerns about in some of the games. But anyway, point is, I love Ethan now. Okay, because he is just a. So funny. And B, you realize that his personality is just persistence. Yeah. He just, he's just like, whatever the fuck happens to me, I'm just going to keep going. Because, like, I don't know, because he's just, I guess because he's just so devoted to his family, which is endearing, but also... At some point, you gotta be like, dude. <laughs> Maybe you, it's not worth it. 
maybe it's not worth it, you know? Like, I don't know. It's just something about Ethan is so funny to me that he's just, like, some guy. I know. But it's like he's, he's just he's some like guy. A, it's like he's, like, a streamer or, like a, like, a video, like, a guy who just, like, like, vlogs his life and he's like, this is so fucked up. Anyways, yeah. let's just keep going. Wow, this is fucked up. Anyways, wow, my baby's been put in jars. Huh, <laughs> guess I'll collect them. Yeah, okay. oh my god. it's uh, Yeah, like, like, Resident Evil 8 is such a cartoon in a lot of ways. And it's just so fun. Like, I think, like, tonally, it is the most fun Resident Evil game. Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. But anyways, that's my mini anyway. thing of Donna's house. It's a fucking cute house if the dolls aren't there. If the dolls aren't there. Okay, what's your thing, Jupiter? My thing is <laughs> still a Capcom game. Okay. I'm talking about Phoenix Wright yet again. Oh, okay. Okay. Look, I have... Uh... I have grown such a fondness for Phoenix Wright as a series. I've still only beaten the first game because I mm -hmm. want to give myself some space in between games. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and I want to wait until the moment's right. Because when I will get into the second game, that'll just be like my my week, you know? Yeah. So so I wanna I wanna give it some space. That said. I want to talk about the technically the final case okay. of the first game, case four. I forgot. I forgot what it is. Now, technically there is a fifth case after it that was added in the DS version of the game. In the original GBA version, it wasn't there. Um, uh, and then in the in the DS version, they added a case that uh, uh, ties the game more into, like, Apollo Justice later on. Mm. Um, and, uh, uh, that case is really good. That case, case five, that case is really good. It is so long, that case, that case alone took me, like, three or four days to beat. Damn. Because it is so long. Um, uh, uh, it's, it's really good. And that case you really have to dissect from every fucking angle. Um, that's the one with um uh, uh oh I forget her fucking name, but the like the Trench the like forensic the, the forensic detective girl with the yeah. with the sunglasses. Pink glasses. It's, yeah, her it's her sister's case. Yeah. Um that case is great. Super, super long. Uh uh, but you really it's so fun because by the end you end up solving like three murders. It's great. Mm -hmm. However, um, I'm going to talk about case four, which is in terms of the story of the first game is the conclusion. Is it the Edgeworth one? Is it the one it like about Edgeworth's past? Okay, it the, is the elevator. The Edgeworth, the elevator and the boat. I don't fucking remember so, the boat. So. I have tried to play Ace Attorney several times in my life. Uh, 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 and every single time that I have, I would get stuck somewhere and have to stop. And then I would put it away for a couple of years, 
and then I would come back. And usually, the point that I got stuck was always during case four. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't remember why. I don't remember what specifically would trip me up, but it was like near the beginning. And, uh, uh, and I don't know what it was this time. I think maybe just like my brain had developed more by the, this point. Um, but I was, I was able to, to totally beat the case without any assistance. I have a, I have a sense of pride when it comes to games where I want to beat a game without outside assistance. I don't want to look up a walkthrough. I don't want to do any cheats. I want to I want to beat a game by my own skill alone. Damn. And when I can't and when uh, especially in a game like this where I feel like I have to look something up, to me I'm like that's a failure on the game's side. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's I mean, there's even a moment like that in the first game, uh, uh, where, uh, in the, um, in the, in the movie, movie studio case, I forgot the name of it, but in the movie studio case, the whole case hinges on a piece of evidence that doesn't get put in your court record and you just have to remember that it exists. <laughs> but it's a thing, but it's a thing that you could completely miss because you are not required to examine it. Oh, wow. That's fucked. It's super fucked, and, and, uh, like, how am I supposed to remember that there weren't any goddamn bones on the, st- on the plate? Fuck you, Ace Attorney. <laughs> but, but, case four completely avoids all of that. Sure, there's a little bit of, like, wandering around as you're trying to, like, figure shit out, but as you figure shit out, it starts to all pull together into a perfect crystallized moment and that is the moment that i'm going to talk about today okay actually there are technically two moments and i might talk about the second one too but i'm mostly going to talk about the first okay which is my dear friend polly oh the bird the bird. The bird. They give testimony to a bird. That is my thing today, is cross-examining a parrot. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. <laughs> this is a moment that has been um, memed to hell and back. It is a moment that that sticks with any Ace Attorney fan. The fact that Phoenix Wright cross-examined a parrot is never... That's never going to leave him. Like, and you have to also, like, also, I think that's kind of also true in universe that, like, of all of the things that Phoenix Wright in universe is known for, I feel like the average person would probably remember that he once cross-examined a parrot. Oh, yeah. More than any of his other accomplishments. A hundred percent. It doesn't matter how many murders you've solved. If you talk to, you've cross-examined a bird in a court of law, that's, that's who you are now. That's who you are. You are the man who cross-examined a bird. (laughs) And, and the fact that you won the case too, by the way, that, you know, you know for a fact that people, like, like, 
people on the internet, in the universe of Ace Attorney, on like in-universe Tumblr or Reddit or Twitter or whatever, they're always going to be, there's always going to be somebody out there who is like posting of like, did you know? This one lawyer cross-examined a parent and won. Like, it's, there is no way to get away from that, Phoenix. Now, I'm going to talk about that fucking moment because it's so good. So, ah, this case is super, super fun. Uh, uh, Phoenix Wright games uh, share a lot of language with Columbo, where they will show you a, a, a snapshot of the crime before you even know what anything is. Sorry, is this the one where there's a gun and then it says Merry Christmas? Yes. God. There are so this case has so many iconic moments. Yeah. That almost Christmas means it wasn't Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Um uh 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 I love this case because Phoenix is hanging on by a thread for the entire time. <laughs> He's just, he is just desperate. He is desperate for anything. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so uh, uh, you get a little snapshot and sometimes you'll even just see straight up who the person is who murdered the, 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 the other, the, the, the victim. So... And the game has been setting that up this entire time that, like, you know, that you will get a little snapshot and you will see the killer, you know? So the opening little movie for this case is you get a shot of a boat and then you see two silhouettes and one man pulls out a gun and fires and then the other drops into the water and then you get a close-up shot of Edgeworth, Phoenix writes, uh, a childhood friend turned rival, turned lover. Yeah. And, and, and he is holding the gun and he is, he has this look on his face of, oh shit, I just shot a man. Or did he? But anyway, so, um, so that's that's how this case opens. And then Phoenix, of course, gets involved in the case. And, and Edgeworth is just like, no, no, you're a rookie. Da, da, da. I don't give a shit about any of that right now. Mm-hmm. One of these days I will talk about how gay they are for each other. But, mm-hmm. but not right now. No. I want to talk about this fucking parrot. So basically, as the so this happens at a at a location called Gord Lake, and uh, there is so much going on here that I l- just love. There's a there's a, a, a Loch Ness monster style monster called Gordy, and you under uncover the. Are you moving the pumpkin seeds away from Kitty again? Yes. Yes. She really fucking wants those pumpkin seeds. She wants attention. Oh my god. Anyway, um you un- uncover the the secrets behind Gordy and that's very fun. Um uh there's this witness who uh uh like has a photograph of the murder, but then you just basically are just like, "Hey, that's some bullshit. It doesn't actually prove anything." 
Um, and then you get to the, uh, the caretaker of the boathouse or the boat rental service. Now, this ties in, uh, all of this ties into a different case from when Edgeworth, Edgeworth was a child where uh, his dad was murdered in an elevator mm-hmm. in front of him. So all of this is already pretty bananas, wouldn't you say? Yes. It is at this point that I am going to post up a big flashing lights spoiler warning. Hey, I'm going to spoil the entirety of this case. The bird did it. The bird did it. Bird had a gun. Bird had a gun. No, uh, uh, (laughs) I'm going to be spoiling this case because, because... You know, I'm 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 gonna be sort of brushing over a lot of stuff, but the context is important to talk about this parent. So here we go. So basically, uh, through trials and tribulations, which is also the name of one of the other games. Don't worry about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Through trials and tribulations, you figure out uh, some some key details. So, first off, uh, the prosecutor in this case is Manafred von Karma, a real bastard of a man. This guy sucks. And he spends the whole first day of the case just interrupting you and telling you to shut up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and then he tases your friend because he's trying to steal evidence. And you're like, hey, bud, stop it. Anyway, he's a bitch. So, basically, in this, in the case, uh, in the when Edgeworth's dad was moited, there was a man in the elevator, a security guard named Yanni Yogi. Normal name. Normal name, as is the case for all of these characters. They all have very normal names. Uh, and you find out that the caretaker of the boat rental shop is Yanni Yogi. Huh. Huh. And so you have to prove to the court that this man is Yanni Yogi. Why do you have to prove to it? Uh, because he seemingly has no memory of who he is or his life or anything that's happened. He's also, um, I am going to go ahead and say... Uh, because this is a, a this is a plot point in the uh, 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 a plot point by the way that I'm gonna start talking about and it's gonna sound pretty bad and then I'm gonna explain it more and why I think it's actually pulled off pretty well. He is uh, pretending to be and I'm gonna put quotes here crazy. Mm-hmm. He is um, apparently thinks that his boat rental shop is a Italian restaurant and that his kids are missing and they're, they have, don't visit him and they're supposed to inherit the, the spaghetti shop. Um, and he, he keeps wandering off and, and he's basically like, like at first the whole court just like believes his feigning 
including Phoenix, and it's only uncovered later that he's faking it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to explain why I think that, even though this whole thing, I think, sucks, I want to po- like talk about why I think it's pulled off well. And yes, I'm getting to the parrot. Uh, I think it's pulled off well because what we find out is that uh, he is only uh, uh, acting like this because he was framed. He was uh, uh, framed for the murder of Edgeworth's, de- Edgeworth's dad, and he was totally innocent. But the defense attorney at the time, uh, for his case, uh, didn't actually care about the evidence. He only cared about getting a verdict that would inha- that that would further his career. So he told Yanni Yogi to feign insanity so he could get an insanity plea. Mm. Which means that Yanni Yogi had to keep up this charade until the statute of limitations on the crime went up uh, or else he would be arrested for a crime he didn't commit. Wow. So the only reason why Yanni Yogi is like this is because he ha- he like has to be or else he will be falsely arrested mm-hmm. and also uh the whole thing has ruined his life yeah um so the whole thing sucks and the point is that it sucks basically yeah is one of the many ways that this whole series really does a very interesting job of uh, uh, of examining the flaws of the in-universe justice system mm-hmm. and how that reflects our reality. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, all of that is to say that he has a bird named Polly. And because he has to feign... Uh, 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 because he has to feign mental illness, he is not, A, not even really able to be honest, and B, also has some ulterior motive in this, in this, in the current day murder. Absolutely. To also, yeah, to not, to not talk about it and not admit that he is Yanni Yogi. So, Phoenix Wright is like, this sucks. What do I do? Hmm? And he had a piece of decisive evidence that pointed, uh, that basically like answered all of the questions and would have proven that this man is, is Yanni Yogi. And then if I'm remembering correctly, uh, Manifred von Karma steals it and then it's just gone. So he has to somehow prove that this man is Yanni Yogi. So, Manifred von Karma, as a joke, says, you, you might as well be examining a parrot. Mm-hmm. And so Phoenix is like, hmm, I think I'm going to cross-examine the parrot. Yeah. And throughout the whole thing, he's like, hey, von Karma, this was your idea, bitch. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Fuck you. So the the bird goes on the stand. And obviously, 
It's a parrot. It's pretty much only gonna repeat phrases that it knows. Yeah. So they run through a uh uh they run through some questions to uncover to basically like give enough plausible like uh, enough plausible reason to believe that the man is Yani Yogi. They ask like, "Hey, what's the code to the to the safe, Polly?" And she gives the code, and uh, it turns out to be the date that the first murder happened. Weird. And then they're like, "Hey, what's your name?" And she says, my name is Polly. And Phoenix is like, hey, that's the name of Yanni Yogi's dead fiance. <gasps> These are two seemingly coincidences, but it gives enough plausible reason to say, this man is Yanni Yogi. That's fucked and, up. And then Yanni Yogi goes on the stand and he, like, basically, he just, like, snaps out of his, like, persona as most A's attorney characters do yeah and he's just like yeah you're right i'm yanni yogi i was pretending to have mental illness this whole time because of this piece of shit lawyer uh but the statute of limitations is up now so i'm gonna go live my life in jail so bye <laughs> um uh uh i want to talk about how this emotionally made me feel <laughs> okay because i knew about cross-examining the parrot before i went into it oh yeah totally I knew because again, this whole thing has been memed to hell. You mm -hmm. can't, you can't talk about Phoenix Wright online without talking about the parrot. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier, Phoenix is hanging on by a thread this whole fucking case. He is grasping at straws. He is like he spends the first like two days of the case just. Not explaining how the murder actually happened, just explaining how the murder couldn't have happened. Yeah. And, and it's just so harsh. It is so, like, it feels mean. It feel like, and especially with Von Karma on the other side, just berating you and just, like being a real asshole and then tasing your friend. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, fuck you, man. Fuck you. And I just got, I was getting so into it. I was getting so like, cause I, I truly, I enjoy it when games make me feel bad. Yeah. Because it gives me the determination to push through it. And, like, have the spite to be like, no, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. I can do this. I win. I'm the protagonist, bitch. Bitch? And so I just had, I was just pushing through and I was just like, okay, all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking figure it out. I'm gonna figure it out. And then I went into the caretaker shack and I saw the parrot, and I was instantly like, oh shit, that's this case? <laughs> uh, 
And for the rest of the time, I was just so excited to get to cross-examine, to get to cross-examining the parrot. Yeah. I was like, how is this going to happen? How am I going to get there? How am I going to get to this fucking bird? And so I just like, I was examining everything about the bird and I was absorbing all of the information about the bird that I could because I knew it was going to be important. Mm-hmm. And, and then just fucking getting to the case, the point in the case where everything was, had gone to shit, where it seemed like there was no way that we could, like all that Phoenix needed was to prove that this man is Yanni Yogi. But there was simply no way to do it. Mm-hmm. And then when Von Karma made that joke, I was like, what, are you going to examine the parrot now? It's like, that's fucking right, bitch. I'm going to cross-examine that goddamn parrot. Polly wants a cracker. Polly wants a goddamn cracker. And it was such a perfect release. I just, like, it was so, it like, and it's not like a huge moment. It's like, it's like, it doesn't, cross-examining the parrot does not take that long. And there's only two questions you need to ask the parrot. There's only two questions you need to ask her. It's not, it doesn't take that long. But it's just so emblematic of the whole series to me of just like it's not just oh ha ha he's cross-examining a parrot it's this man is being put through the fucking ringer yeah and being forced to prove that every single scenario that isn't the truth didn't happen in exhaustive detail because the prosecutors can just kind of make up whatever they want and they'll probably get a guilty verdict. Mm-hmm. But, and frankly, the defense attorneys do that too because the guy, because the guy who fucked over Yanni Yogi, he got the innocent verdict, but still fucked over that man's life. Yeah. And, so, like, this whole justice system is fucked, and Phoenix Wright is, seems to be this, like, one one of just a, a tiny handful of people who actually gives a shit and isn't just trying to pursue his, like, further his career. He's trying to actually help people, but yeah. the system won't let him yeah. most of the time, and he has to kill himself on in his work lay yeah. himself out to get the basic most basic of shit done yeah yeah it's not like you know it's not like a, a normal video game mechanics where it's like huh i have the opportunity to cross examine a parrot <laughs> well i guess all right and it's like no he it's the the amount of ridiculousness that he, the way phoenix is treated this is this is how low he has to stoop to even be considered. Like yeah, it's it shows like the the amount of ridiculousness that he has to go through shows how ridiculous is ridiculous the court system and corrupt is in in the game. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, like, he could just be, like, that, that other defense attorney who who would do anything to get a, a not guilty verdict. Mm-hmm. And he could falsify evidence, or he could do underhanded tactics, or he could embarrass or ruin the lives of, of the defendants. But he is, tr- he is simply trying to get to the truth. Because, yeah. he, because he can see, just as we can see, as plain as day, how absurdly corrupt everything is and how uh uh how it will be completely obvious that the defendant is not guilty but because of the way the court system is set up it's just designed to throw people in jail it doesn't care who mm-hmm. G- gee i wonder where they got that idea from anyway <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely think that my favorite parts in Ace Attorney are when literally all, it only happens in very rare cases, but when mm-hmm. all sides of the um, court, like the judge, prosecution, and defense, um, wait, is defense and prosecution, is it? Both, no, both de- yeah, yeah, defense and prosecution, yeah, they Okay, right. when everybody is like, you know what, fuck, fuck, like, getting someone guilty, let's all work together to see what the truth is. I love, yeah. the, those are the best parts of the game. It's, it's so good, it's so good, it's so good. There yeah. are, there, there's, there's so many, like, perfect moments in Phoenix Wright. I just, I love, I love... I love these games. It's really, they are really so, fucking good games. So good. And there's the second moment that that I talked about in this case that is that really like perfect release. But I'm not going to talk about that that's this time. I'm going to oh. let you figure it out. I'm going to let y'all figure it out at home. Oh. I encourage you. You you know the 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 broad strokes of this case, but you don't know the ending. You don't know how it ends. You can maybe piece it together, but you don't know how it ends, and you don't know the moment I'm talking about. But when you play it, you will. So, that is my thing. That is my thing. I love this parrot. Hey, who names their own pet after their dead wife? I don't know. Who would do that? Why would you do that? Anyways... Hey, Um, Amy, what's your thing? So my thing is very self-indulgent, very Amy core, also pretty Uh Jupiter core. Um, Ooh. It's it's one of our um, Venn diagram intersections. Ooh, yay. Um, Today I am going to be talking about... Uh Uh-huh. Meeting Midna. Oh shit! Yes, 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 yes. Fuck yes. yes. You are absolutely correct. This is the intersection between you and I. Is <laughs> Midna Twilight Princess? Yes. Hello, my non-gamers. Welcome. Hi, non-gamers. Hello. Um, sorry you weren't talked to at all the the first half, but it's okay. It's a court case. It's, um, look, look. I'm sorry that I didn't address you in the first half of this episode, but what I will say is that 
uh, Ace Attorney is a visual novel. So, you know, it's almost like a book. So I, I mean, you I can don't... literally get an app for it and just like yeah, read it through the app. So that's true. That's true. So like I don't know, but you can't do know. that with Twilight Princess. So no, um, you if can't. you don't know, I don't think I don't think I've talked about Twilight. Oh wait, no, I did. I've talked about the Post Office Man, and yeah. also in the original pilot, I talked about um, the after boss battle. Um, oh. Yeah. Did you? Pilot, I did. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Huh. I don't mm-hmm. remember that. <laughs> well, it was two years ago, so. So, Twilight Princess is a video game, and it's really cool, because you can be a dog. You can um, be a dog. You can be a doggy. Woof, woof. You can be a dog. You are a Link. You're Link, guy from Zelda.com. And then you turn into a dog, and what's up? It's crazy. Um, I There's a lot more stuff I want to talk about in Zelda Twilight Princess. Um, I'm certain I'm going to bring it back another time, but I'm kinda, I kind of want to focus on two points for this one. Um, the first one, obviously, is Midna. But uh-huh. The second one is kind of more of, like, the um, overall... Um, uh, I'm I'm making an argument in my second one, and I'll get to that in a second. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 So you, this is a considered a dark game, um, in regards to Nintendo games, which is kind of yeah. It's kind of silly, just because like pre like, I would say pre two thousands, most of the games that Nintendo was making were already pretty scary. Um, I mean, fucking yeah, think I about mean, Mario like, 64, think about Ocarina, like, holy shit, think about Majora's Mask, I'm, like, there's terrifying yeah, things Majora, there. Majora's Mask is what I was thinking of, um, I think, like, honestly, the N64 is, like, okay, I have a theory, are you ready for my theory? Yeah. I think that the only reason why a lot of games on the N64 are considered to be scary is because, A... The sort of uncanny va- valley factor, factor. Oh, 100%. Yes. Of the, like, early 3D graphics. But also that PlayStation doesn't really get that that rep. PlayStation 1 games don't really get that rep. I mean, there's a lot of horror games on the PlayStation 1. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, Crash Bandicoot doesn't get that rep. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but Mario totally. 4 does. Um, but uh, uh, the other reason I think why is because... The lighting engine on the N64 was much darker. Oh, okay. All of the all of the games on the N64 are ha, their shadows are a lot darker than on the PS1, where the shadows are like a lighter gray. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, combine those two factors, uh, uh, like. Mario 64 objectively is a very, like, I don't know, happy, fun, sunshiny game for the most part. Mm-hmm. But because of the way that the game is, like, lit and it looks and the, like, uncal- uncanny valley factor, factor, I think that it, I think that that's the reason why it's spookier. Majora's that's Mask, a really though, is good just, theory. 
Majora's, yeah, Majora's Mask, though, is just scary. That's just, yeah, Majora's that's Mask just is just bullshit. It's crazy. You can't just design yeah. a moon like that. That's not a normal moon. Moons don't look like that. Moons don't yeah. look like that to kids, Mo- moon, especially. Moons don't, moons don't look like that. Um, uh, also, fucking Ben, get out of here. <laughs> look it up ben, if you don't know. Ben, you, oh God, did you hear what happened to Ben? What? He drowned. <laughs> I hate you. Why did I think of that? <laughs> I thought you were going to say he's all right now. I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Oh, uh, why am I so stupid? Oh, so, gosh. Anyway. Anyways, Twilight Princess was made because of Wind Waker. Basically, Wind Waker came out and a whole bunch of adult gamers were like, this is too bright and toony and silly. We want mm-hmm. a dark game. And so um, the creators of Zelda were like, fine, fuck you. You're going to get a dark game. The thing is, though, it's not even dark. <laughs> um, no, not really. Like aesthetically, sure, but like thematically, yeah. no. Aesthetically, sure, but thematically, it's one of the, like, the most heartwarming and positive um, um, Zelda games out there. And that's kind of like what I want to argue about. In this um, is because I remember like watching a video sometime and hearing that one of the creators, I don't know if it's Shigeru Miyamoto, I don't know if it's another one, but I remember it was a direct quote that said like that they deeply regret making Twilight Princess and they would never want to make another game like that. And I just remember like being heartbroken and thinking like, holy shit, this was such an amazing, beautiful game with so much like story and character put into it. And like, how could you just like... Anyways, to prove that point, I'm going to show you Amidna. So you start the game out um, basically in a town with all of your uh, friends who love you and their their little kids. All your friends are little kids. You Um, find a cat. You find a cat. And it's the fucking longest tutorial in every Zelda. It's the longest tutorial in any Zelda game. And it sucks if it's the very first time you're playing it because it's so fucking confusing. Um, but anyways, it also it, sucks. It also sucks if it's the second time you're playing it because you're like, oh my god, this is taking so fucking long. Oh yeah, yeah, it's the worst part of the game, and I, I'm sure it turns off so many people just because it's it's so ah, uh, it doesn't even it's like not even a proper use of the like learning about the game because the rest of the game is so fucking different. Um, yeah, yeah, but. Basically, like, tonally, it seems like a normal ocarina sort of game. And then as soon as you finish the tutorial, basically, they throw you into a sort of quotation marks here, dark and twisted um, point of turn where all of your friends are kidnapped and you turn into a a wolf. Um, So you end up in prison. You are a dog and you are in prison. Who imprisons a dog? I don't know. Fucking weird. So... You are a dog in prison, and lo and behold, Midna appears. There's this dark, twisted music, and you see this weird fucking creature. This hot creature. It's so hard to describe Midna only because she is a very rare, not really rare in Twilight Princess because they really go all out with the 
uh, character design and like adding yeah. a lot of superficial details. And I love that so much. Um, but Minna straight up looks like concept art and I love it so much. She is like fucking two feet tall. She has like weird twisty shadows marks all over her body she has this giant weird like head mask that looks like it was taken from a statue and glued on her face she has a little tooth that sticks out of her mouthy like it's little so anime girls it's very good it's very raw face and i love it um and it's so weird because if you looked at a picture of her like and just, you know, t- taking the feeling out of it, you would think, like, you know, like, logistically, this should look bad. But it looks amazing. She looks, looks so super good. cool. And her hair is her hand, too. Oh, um, yeah. It's so sick. cool. So f- I'm going to fucking play her music right now, but it's fucking dark and twisted. And I think it's technically like a reverse of Zelda's theme, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah, because um, Zelda and Midna are gay for each other. They are gay for each other. They are technically opposites, light and dark. And They're light and dark, and they also have they also have secret nighttime meetings together. <laughs> like, um, come on. They have so, history before you meet them <laughs> in the game. Yeah, they do. They're fucking. Like anyway. <laughs> um... So this this is already like one of the base stark differences between um like other Zelda games and the Zelda games prior to this is that you gain a really close attachment to your um companion um like when before it's just varies and they guide you um in this one it's I mean it's it's misleading because she's a bitch she mm. She's not even saying, like, hey, don't worry, I'm here to help you, I'm your friend. She says, um, yeah, I can help you escape out of this prison if you become, um, basically my, um... What's the word? Servant? Servant! Yeah. If you become my servant and do everything I ask, also I'm gonna ride you because you're a doggy and I'm a little guy and I think it's fun. And I'm gonna bully you and tease you and you're gonna try and bite me but you'll never be able to because i'm magical fuck you um so i'm now realizing right now in this very moment that midna was the um original blueprint the solidification of my type yeah 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 that makes sense. Um, Midna isn't the blueprint for my type, but Midna was one of the very, very first, like, huh, women are cool. Um, women are cool. Women are kind of attractive. What? Yeah, what's, um, hey, what's, what's up with women? <laughs> kind of weird that, like, women yeah. can make me, like, feel, like, this way. It's weird. So um, weird. I was obsessed with Minna, especially, like, mm-hmm. once I finished the game and the game came out, like, uh, she was, like, my all-time favorite character. Um, so, Midna is not only cool because she's a bitch in the beginning, but also because of her character development throughout the game. She actually develops a genuine bond with Link and Zelda even more and, like, becomes a better person. Um, but she also maintains who she is. Like, she's still stinky, um, yeah. and she, 
she's fucking great and she's cool and she lifts things with her hair and she's um she's and magical. she teleports bridges she teleports bridges she is cute and tiny but also she may maybe at the end of the game she's not um yeah also uh she uh when when she's in the well sometimes she's riding on link's back sometimes she is Link's shadow. Yeah, that's so fucking cool. It is such a cool feeling in the game, riding around and looking, like, looking at the game and your shadow character has Minna on it, but your character doesn't. It's so cool. It's so also, sick. And um, also, uh, and also that, um, that, uh, 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 that when she is, like, because there's the, the there's the the shadow world and the 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 human world and when she's mm-hmm. in the human world she manifests by literally like coming out of your shadow co- not only just coming out of your shadow but from my memory anyway that she let when she that she like basically takes the place of your shadow because once she is like in front of you and she comes out of your shadow link just does not have a shadow until oh, she goes back. I haven't I don't remember. I super don't remember. I, if if that's the truth, I'd love that. I think it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. But it's yeah. very sick. Um she also has a really really cool voice. It it's just yeah. nonsense. It's such a cool voice though because it's it's cool. Um It's so cool. I'm so, I'm not going to adjectives um this reminds me a little bit of when um i did my carmen san diego san diego episode and i was explaining why everybody was hot i made joe listen to that episode with me in the car and he was laughing so hard because he was like you don't even explain why people are hot you just say over and over again they're so hot and i'm like i am bad with words i'm sorry um (laughs) yeah yeah i think i even made a joke about that in the episode yeah um but I don't that that so Minna's good. Uh, Minna's super good. No, 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 no. I like let's not let's not like let's not pretend. Just saying the the phrase Minna is good is extremely fucking accurate. You are yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a cool name. She has a fucking crazy ass story. It's like she's not just a two. That's that's the thing I love so much about Twilight Princess is. There, there are really no two-dimensional characters. Everybody has a really mm-hmm. fully developed personality, including most of the side characters. And that's what I really love about the game. And that's why it's my favorite game out of all of the Zelda games. Because yeah. it's real. It's I- You actually develop relationships as Link with the other characters. Whereas in most games, Link is so detached from everybody else. Yeah. In like you know, because like in like a uh, 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 Ocarina of Time or, or or Majora's Mask, Link really is like a outside observer. You know, yeah. he just wanders in. He's just like, hey, whatever, I'm here. Yeah. Uh, in uh, in Wind Waker, he has a connection to his hometown, but like is still very much like this outside observer character, like. Uh, uh, on his island, everyone knows who he is, and it feels more like a thing. But like mm-hmm. outside of that, he's just a little buddy. He's just yeah. a little guy. He's like he's just doing his best. But you're absolutely right that in Twilight Princess, not only does he develop the most like 
like there are like recurring characters there are relationships that develop and like also and i'm only coming to this conclusion right now but also that it is so sick that link also has character he has character yeah. development even he, he in changes that throughout the he, story like, like for being a audience surrogate for being a, a like it's very clear that Link has a life yeah. outside of this and that not only the, the and that like that he does have like a lot of like character and and personality and yeah. why that is so sick to have a character with development and uh 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 who is an agency and who is like this fully developed character while also being nonverbal. Yeah, I think that's so crazy, and it's, it's so, so hard sick. to it's, accomplish. I don't. Here's the thing: I don't think it's hard to accomplish. I just think that people don't try most of the time. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. That that's you're right. It's like most people. If you have a silent protagonist, that usually means you are a blank slate. That usually mm-hmm. means, all right, you're not you're you are part of the story, but you're not actually like it's you are meant for a player to be inside. But in Twilight Princess, like he already has established relationships with, um, you know, the people in his town and he develops those relationships. He reacts to people he cares about. He also <laughs> connecting it to Midna again, Midna uses that against him at the beginning of the story by literally threatening him and magically transforming herself into the like people he cares about screaming yeah. in torture. So he feels bad and worried about them. Like, holy shit, that's so fucked up. I love you, Midna. <laughs> I love you, Midna. I love you. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I would say that, like, Twilight Princess, in my opinion, does the best job of developing Link's character uh, uh, of any Zelda game. Like, there's a lot, like, with Breath of the Wild, there's a lot that you can infer. Yeah. But just b- due to the structure of the game, I feel like it, it there like, Link is less of a character and more of a force of nature. Yeah. <laughs> In Skyward Sword, there's a little bit more of that because it's like there's just this one hub town that you're always going to and there's a little bit mm-hmm. more than that. But like in Twilight Princess, you it really does feel to me that Hyrule is this complete, actual, real place. Yeah. And that like Link is someone who lives there. And that... And again, because there are these, like, recurring characters who keep showing up, there are, like, 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 side stories that happen that actually develop. There are, like, moments in the game where you are just having conversations with people. Yeah, and it's not like Breath of the Wild where, you know, once you visit one place, it's completely over with and you're never going to go back there again. And no matter right. every time you go to Sidon, he just says the same thing over and over again. I, know, I mean, like I eventually, yeah, like eventually there's no more um, stuff to say with some of the characters. But like you actually go back to places and you have more than one arc with different characters. Yeah. And also, I think that not really counting Wind Waker because Wind Waker is all about Toon Link's sister. But in this game, 
Link's motivation is not saving the world. The entire time, it is focused on saving the people that he loves. It really... And, like, not only that, just that, that, like, he, like, he starts off the game... I wouldn't even say that the children are his friends as much as he is an adult in a... Uh, uh, in a community where these children are basically run by the like, or, or um, uh, raised by the village. Yeah, so he which is I just, love. I love that. That is so good. And that he, so he's just one of the caretakers of these children. Um, and so when when they get kidnapped, he's like, oh shit, I gotta go save these kids yeah. because there are so many people who care about them and I'm one of the only people in the town who can do anything about it. Yeah. And, and so, and so he, 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 that's, that is his, his motivation at the start. And then he keeps meeting more people to care about. Yes, he and does. Then, more and more. At, and then as he meets more people from all over Hyrule that, he gives a shit about and wants to help his motivation to save Hyrule is not, Oh, I've got to save Hyrule because of this quest or because it's my destiny or I'm the chosen one. It's because he wants to save Hyrule because he, a, because he lives here, God damn it. And B, because he keeps, finding things and people to care about mm-hmm. and he wants to help them. And also he just keeps finding himself in situations where he is, he continually proves himself to be capable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, also and, I do yeah. love um, another like sort of good representation of like showing, let me reword myself Seeing the village again when Link is a wolf and even though you are just a wolf and you can't see his reactions at all because he's a fucking dog, it is still so hard going back to the village and have everyone being terrified of you. Like, that has a lot of emotional value and not often is that used in Zelda games. Like, and it's so cool. Like having that those mirrored versions of the you know the link the normal human version of link and also the wolf dog version and it's also very interesting to see that sometimes the wolf version does have more personality because you know link he is silent he is nonverbal, so he'll just like furrow his eyebrows but when he's a dog he growl he bark he wacky tail (laughs) waggy tail so i guess this is less turned into i mean fucking shout out to Minda, she's awesome but this is more turned into like why the characters in why i love twilight princess is because it's a character driven story um and that's not only link that's everybody else god i fucking love colin i love the fucking lady from the bar i love the guy at the very very beginning of the story who talks to link and then you meet him later and learn more about him it's so good there's so many characters yeah, I honestly I think that the lady from the bar is my favorite. I just love I her. I love her. I, I love, love her. her. She's yeah. she's fucking amazing. I love her. Yeah, fucking I, good character design. Good fucking character design. I I also that it's such a character driven story because 
uh, when you're when you're Wolf Link, you can talk to animals, and yes! they have a lot to say. They, they are characters do. too. God, such a fucking good game. Such I'm a le- good. I keep on game. looking to my left because I have a giant ass Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess poster on the wall yeah. right next to me. <laughs> yeah, I love you. Love you. <laughs> so that's my oh, thing. Gosh. Um, it's such a goddamn good game. I love it. I want to. Re- I want to make Joe play it so I can watch him play it. Um, yeah. I just. I'm dreading the fucking tutorial. Ugh. I know. And you just gotta get through that. it. You just gotta get through it. <laughs> um, um. That's yeah. our episode. The moral of the story is um, animals that can talk <laughs> are powerful. I can I can I can I take a swing? Yeah. The moral of the story is that the the connections between people are so important. The relationships <laughs> between people and animals and yes. and and how it all intersects and how and how the 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 world is a is a rich and complicated place and that the people and the animals and the creatures of Earth all matter. Talk to an animal and you may have a friend and a boy. That's true. That's true. Um, thanks for listening to Enchanting Aspects. You can um, join us on Twitter.com at um, mu- Mushroom Pods. Mushroom Pods, yeah. It's Mushroom Pods. And um, you can tweet tweet us um and you can talk you can ask us questions and um and add us and we'll probably add back you could you could, if you ever do fan art and you want us to be retweeted we can you can uh-huh. do that and we'll retweet it on mushroom pods yeah, and, you, and you and you get all of the updates for all of the stuff that we do and when yeah. episodes go out and such yeah yeah i want to talk about uh, uh, the monthly event that we do in our Discord server every month. That's what monthly means. Yeah. We have been doing uh, monthly movie nights in our Discord, uh, where each month we have uh, picked a theme for uh, uh, what kind of movie we want to watch, and then we put it to our patrons to vote on what uh, uh, what movie they want to see and then we watch it we uh, last last month we watched uh, Air Buddies I think that was the one yeah. we did last month yeah. yeah and my god that fucking movie yeah. is bad it's not a good movie there's a lot wrong with it but my god I had a lot of fucking fun with it I think a lot here. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a little uh, uh, miniature thing right now from Air Buddies, which is uh, there's a there's a a, a a bloodhound dog character who lost his sense of smell at some point, and then he gets sprayed by a stu- a skunk. And oh, that was gonna be my of- thing. Oh, really? Is the skunk that says "Good for you." Yeah, 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 yeah. The the uh, the 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 skunk uh uh sprays him in the face, and then he he gets his smell back, and he runs back to the skunk, and he's just like, "Hey, I want to say 
thanks for g- giving my my smell back. And he's, the skunk just says, good for you, and walks off. And it's so fucking funny. Yeah, it's good. It's hilarious. That movie sucks, but I do love it. Um, yeah. So if you wanna if you wanna join in for movie nights, you should join in on our Discord. It would be very very sick of you. Yeah, do it. Thing, that's that's my that's mine that's mine. So um, bye then. Uh, love yourself. Believe in yourself. Goodbye. Uh, bye. Bye.